0: Welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. On this episode, our care pastor, Gene Beckner, continues in a series on the heroes of faith of Hebrews 11. If you want to watch this video message or listen to this week's worship set, just go to our website, brookwoodchurch.org, or on our Brookwood Church app. We pray this message encourages you in your walk with Christ. Is that true for you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Is that true for you? Because it is a promise. God says that He will give us everything that we need. And uh, this morning, um, we're going to continue in our series, um, "Believing God." And uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Gene Begner. I'm the care pastor here, and uh, I'm very honored to be here this morning with you in person, uh, as well as those of you who are online. Uh, Welcome, wherever you may be uh, as you're watching this. Uh, I pray that that God speaks with you, that he speaks to you, that he reassures you of some things today. Uh, And one of those things that I would like to say to you is that, as we're going to learn through Sarah, is that your mistakes, the things that have happened in your life, do not invalidate God's promises. If God has made a promise, it's a promise. And we're gonna see how he carries that out. Uh, last week we saw where he carried it out in the life of Abraham as, as Josh Masters was up here. And then today we're gonna to continue. And it's one of those words that people don't like to hear. And it's the patience word. Who, who likes to work on patience, right? And I think sometimes we get it mixed up because what we do is we say, well, I got to work on being patient. And how, how, how's that working for you? Yeah, the nervous laughs. Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. God will do the work in us, but we have to work with Him. So I hope today that, uh, that you get a little more insight into how we can do that and be encouraged by the life of someone like Sarah that when we first start reading about her, you're going to go, Wow. She's making all kinds of mistakes. She's not doing anything right. Kind of reminds me of me sometimes. And maybe it will remind you of you, but I hope when we get to the end of it that we're all encouraged that, you know what, God is going to be the one who, who will do the work in us. You know, she had ups and downs. And as we're gonna see, she scoffed at God. She didn't believe in God and his promises. And there were times when he spoke to her about that. Ultimately, she experiences God, she believes, and then she benefits from his promises, from God's promises. And that leads us to our memory scripture for today, which is close to where we've been looking in Hebrews, but this is gonna be before chapter 11. This is Hebrews ten twenty three, And here's what it says. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Read it one more time. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. We're gonna start in Hebrews 11. And uh, for those of you who can relate, I'm gonna give in and I'm going to actually put them on so that I can read what I'm actually reading. Do I get an amen from those of you who have to have them? Thank you. Thank you. I want to know who's out there with me. All right. Hebrews 11. Uh, If you're using this Bible that we use on Sundays, we're on page 972. And if uh, you're using something else, I'll give you a moment to find your way there. So we're going to look at Hebrews 11, 11 and 12. And here's what it says. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man. Who was the man? Abraham. Who was as good as dead. That's nice. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Now, what I find interesting here is the writer uses the words, even Sarah. It kind of sounds like it was a surprise that she's included. It's kind of like the other night at dinner, one of our daughters, my, my wife fixed dinner, and as we were eating it, my daughter said, and I quote, this is actually pretty good. True story, I'm not adding anything. That's kind of how it felt when I read this thing about even Sarah. It was actually pretty good. Even Sarah. What about you? What about your life? Can you relate to that? Even, put your name in there. Even Rick, even Lisa, even Sandy. Maybe today is one of those days, the fact that you're here in person or you're watching online, you're thinking, you know, even I am here. It's amazing, right? Maybe you look back on your life and there are a lot of those moments. You know, even I am loved, even I am blessed by God, even I'm used by God, even I am held by God. Maybe those moments come and you go, wow, you know, I can kind of relate to Sarah. You know, and then as we continue, we see why this word is used. She has a son. Isaac but the Bible says that she was barren and it wasn't that she was old it says that she was what she was too old just in case you didn't catch the fact that she was old he put the too in front of it again this also reminds me of a time when I went to the doctor they were looking at doing an injection in my knee because I have arthritis and this is what the doctor said quote at your age yes that horse has left the barn. Now, I'm not from the South originally, so I wasn't quite sure what it meant, but I had a pretty good feeling. And that's what he said. The horse had left the barn for both Abraham and Sarah as well too, right? Naturally speaking. Let me draw your attention to something that Jesus says. And he says this in uh, Luke 18, 27. He says, what is impossible for people is possible for God. I love that because naturally speaking, the horse had left the barn. Sarah, no way she's gonna have a child. Abraham, no way he's gonna be able to father a child. But let's look at how Sarah and her relationship, her faith relationship with God begins to develop. So I know we don't have outlines uh, in paper, but you're gonna see it on here. And if you are on the uh, app or on your phone, you'll see this. And we're gonna start with the first part, which is my faith development is initiated by God. My faith development, your faith development is initiated by God. All of our faith lives begin with an initiation of and from God. Look again at Hebrews eleven eleven. It says, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. God initiated with Abraham and Sarah through a promise. Turn or swipe all the way back in your Bible, back to Genesis 12. I believe if you have this Bible, it's gonna be on page 11. I'll get my readers out. We're going to be in um, chapter 12, verse 1. Some of this is from last week, but I think it, it gives us some, uh, some good context here. It says, the Lord said to Abram, remember, he, he ends up with a new name, so this is his original name, Abram. It says, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that, what's the next word? I. God says, I will show you. Look what he says. I will show you the land. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Now see, Abraham didn't ask for that, did he? Or Abram. But God was the one that initiated. Now look what he does again in Genesis 15, if you turn over a page. And this is where um, God is speaking to uh, Abram again. We're gonna take a look at things in verse four. Now, he's having a little issue here because God has made this promise to him, but he doesn't really see it coming. Has anyone else ever had that feeling? You get a little antsy, it hasn't come yet, it's not coming. And so he's a little concerned that he's not gonna have a biological heir. And so he's saying, hey, God should, you know, is this going to come through one of my servants? How is this thing going to happen? And he says, God says in verse four, he says, no, your servant will not be your heir for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up in the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And lastly, let's move on to, Genesis 17, again, that's another couple pages, and we'll pick up in verse 15, where we see God actually now communicating to uh, Sarai, and that's how you he said her name before she becomes Sarah. So we're in Genesis 17, verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. So the first and the second initiations from God with Abram are just for Abram. Sarai's not in the picture yet, but he says, look, you're gonna have descendants that are as numerous as the stars. More specifically, you're gonna have an heir and it's going to be your son. The third invitation, the third initiation, he includes Sarah. He says, look, I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna give you a son. And, and a side note, he changes her name from Sarai to Sarah. It's interesting that her name used to mean contentious and quarrelsome. One one of the the, um, translations says chieftain, but Sarah means princess or queen or ruler. It's interesting that God names us. There's a scripture in Revelations that talks about when we get to heaven, we're going to find out what our true name is. But I believe when we're here on earth that God is constantly in relationship with us and wants us to know who we really are in him. Some of us are living under the name that somebody else gave us, and those names are not complimentary, and they're also not true. So I thought I would just add that, that's not in my notes. Because initiations from God are blessings, right? Sarah hasn't done anything to earn it. We haven't seen anything in scriptures. In fact, the law's not even here yet. So she can't even boast about it. She can't say, well, look how good I was. I did these things and God blessed me because I was good. Sometimes we fall into that trap. We have to be careful that we don't do that. Why is Sarah blessed? Because God chose to, that was his decision. He initiated with her, but as we'll see, it's not just for her, it's for us too, right? It's for their descendants and it's for everyone that comes after Sarah and Abraham. Let me ask you a question. How has God been initiating with you? How has he been communicating to you? Some people say, well, I don't know. I I really don't hear much from God. Well, take a moment to reflect on your life. Ask God to give you an awareness of him. Ask him to show you where he's initiated with you, where maybe you've missed it. You know, I know I've missed it before. Ask him, thank him. Thank him for allowing you to be here today in person or online. Ask him what he has for you today. Make that a habit, part of your life. Let's continue on the outline. Number two, my faith development is possible despite unbelief. My faith development is possible despite unbelief. I would love to tell you that Sarah and Abraham did everything that God wanted them to and they lived happily ever after. But you will see that their path was a bit crooked just like ours is. Unbelief can be specifically about promises God has given you or generally about His provision for us. I think in our natural state it's kind of normal. Couple of stories here. Twice in Genesis 12 and in Genesis 20, Abraham lies to Pharaoh and Abimelech and says that Sarah is his sister instead of his wife because he was afraid of what was going to happen. Now, God has already spoken to Abraham, but yet he was still fearful. In this case, fear was stronger than faith. Sarah's unbelief is a little different, but it shows up in Genesis 18 if you wanna turn over a couple pages. But quickly, I wanna look at Genesis 16 and 17. There won't be any scriptures up there, but just wanna kinda go through her story a little bit. So in Genesis 16, this is where Sarai, because she hasn't been renamed Sarah yet, says to Abraham, I think it would be a good idea if you took our servant, Hagar, and you have a child with her, right? Because we need to have an heir. We got we to get that rolling, and she's thinking, and put yourself in her shoes for a second, she's probably thinking, it's not coming from me, you know? I'm, let's say she was 60, okay? She's way older than 60, but let's just say she's 60. Don't raise your hand, but is anyone in here who's 60 who would think you're going to have a child anytime soon? No, right? But she's way older than that, but she says, you know what? This is normal in in that time. The culture would have said it was okay. That happened a lot, right? Because she was barren. She she couldn't have children. She hadn't had children yet. So she's like, look, I, I want to have a legacy. I want us to have a child. And if it can't come through me, then it will come through our servant. So let's not give her too much of a hard time. But here's what was missed. When you look back at it, neither Abraham nor Sarah consulted with God about it. They never said, hey God, what should we do? They never even said, God, is this okay? What does Abraham say? Well, when Sarah says, hey, have a child with Hagar, he's like, okay, if that's what you want, sounds good to me, and they, right? But look what Proverbs 14, 12 says. There is a path before each person, that's you and me, that seems right. But where does it end? Death. Now, I like how Perry says this a lot, don't over-spiritualize it. It ends in death. Death of relationships, possibly. It could be your life on earth. But when they put that in Proverbs and they say it that way, he's really trying to shake us in there going, hey, be careful of the path that you're taking. It seems right. I had a professor when I was getting my master's in counseling and he would say it this way, seemed like a good idea at the time. That's how he would start his stories with us. He'd say, seemed like a good idea at the time. And then he would tell us the story and it was obviously not a good idea. But he would say at the time, Those of you who have kids, have you seen your kids do things and when they came back, it just seemed like a good... Some of you are fortunate enough to see it forming in their mind before they do it. And you go, "Uh uh-uh, we got to stop that, right? But how many times have your children made mistakes where if they had just come to you, you could have helped them see a different path, right? But think about that. Are you there today? If you are... Take a moment, take some time with God and say, God, is this the right path? Is this where you want me? Because even if it seems right, getting the truth from God is always best, even if it hurts. And even if it's not what you want, and even if the path has to go a different way. Because the, the, the alternative is death. Chapter 17 is full of God's promises to take care of Ishmael, which is Abraham and Hagar's son, but ultimately a child's gonna be born to Abraham and Sarah, whose name will be Isaac, and he's the one that God is gonna make his covenant with. But again, put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in Sarah's shoes. 13 years have passed since Ishmael was born. I'm sure that the prevailing thought was, Maybe we misheard God and this is the chosen one. Maybe this is the heir. Maybe this is what God was talking about. Yet that wasn't God's plan. Now we get to Sarah's unbelief in Genesis 18. And we're going to start in verse 9. And it's, it's, a, it's a good amount of scripture, but I think you'll be able to follow. So these visitors come by and... Uh, Abraham has entertained them. And one of them says in verse 9, he says, hey, where is Sarah, your wife? And it says the visitors asked. Abraham says, well, she's inside the tent. Verse 10, one of them said, well, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. We used too old earlier, now we're using very old. And Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself, and she said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Check out 13, we go from visitor to who? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Verse 15, Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. And the Lord said, no, you did laugh. (laughs) Now, yeah, I was expecting the, no, I didn't. Yes, she did. No, I didn't. Yes, she did. You know. Let's be honest, Sarah's 89 years old, Abraham's 99. By the time she has a child, she's 90, he's 100. I probably would have laughed too. I probably would have been afraid too. In fact, Romans 4.19 describes her womb as being dead, devoid of life. And then the Lord confronts her about laughing she lies and then he confronts her about lying and then she doesn't say anything else. You know, sometimes what is it about a hole and you're digging, right? You stop. So she stopped. This thing is moving from bad to worse and life moves pretty fast sometimes, doesn't it? Yet through the unbelief, God does not renege on his promise because he's the one in control. Your unbelief does not change God's promise either. A promise is a promise and it's a promise. And as you look at your own life, do a quick pulse check and determine if the things that you are wanting and desiring, see if those line up with God's character or God's promise for you. Do they line up? You know, I've seen People's faith in God be derailed because they were hanging on to something that God didn't promise. But it was something they wanted or desired. The last song you know, that the worship team sang this morning, Everything, says, He'll give you everything that you need. Another true story. Who remembers members only jackets? Okay. My father had traveled overseas, he came back with one, it was green, it was very nice. I got it, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. He told my brother and I that he found it someplace and he paid five bucks for it. This was in the height of members only jackets. He overheard me on the phone because back then the phones were still had cords and we were still tied and I remember telling my friend, yeah, I got a green one, but it was only five bucks, he could have got me more than one. And then in only the way that a parent can do, I heard him from the other room say, my nickname was Gino. He said, Gino, hang the phone up. I was like, oh, he heard me. So I hung the phone up and he basically said, you need to be thankful for what you had. You don't need two jackets, you need one. And if you can't take care of the one you got, I'll get you something else. Now, I'm not saying that God speaks to us that way, but my wants and my desires were kind of out of line, right? And thankfully, my father heard that. And I'm sure if my daughters were here, they would tell you that they've probably heard something similar from me. But I have seen a lot of people's faith get derailed because of this. That's why reading the Bible and praying to God are so important because that you start to develop... A relationship, you start to cultivate a relationship with God so that you kind of know and begin to hear and begin to experience how God is communicating to you about your needs. You know, Galatians 6, 7 talks about the justice of God won't be mocked, that we all are going to reap what we sow, right? And that includes good stuff. I guarantee you that if we spend time with God, that if we spend time reading and and praying, that over time, we're gonna begin to develop a relationship with God. Now, I'm not sure what or how or in what form you're gonna reap, but if it's a promise, then we can depend on that. As a wise friend told me one time, can you leave the results up to God? And I think we can when we allow our faith development to be shaped by experience. And that's the next part in our outline, which is the third part of my faith development. It's gonna be shaped by experience. It's gonna be shaped by experience. In scripture, the first words God speaks to Sarah, and I'm paraphrasing this, of course, is, hey, you're 89 and you're gonna have a baby. Why did you laugh and you lied? It's not a stellar start to her faith journey, is it? But I wonder how we would have responded. Let me ask you this, how did you respond when you became aware of God for the first time? Says that Sarah was afraid. What about you? How did you feel? Were you skeptical? Did you accept it? Were you afraid? Whatever that experience was, It was the beginning of an eternal journey for you. I know for me, I remember feeling overwhelmed. There were lots of tears as God's love invaded my soul. Now, logically, I couldn't make sense of it, but there was just this sense that there was an otherness there. Something had changed on the inside, but if you had asked me to describe it, I couldn't couldn't tell you what happened but I knew something happened. Now, if God had told me all those years ago what the next 25 years of my life was gonna look like, I probably would have been just as skeptical as Sarah. However, my faith, Sarah's faith, get developed and they get shaped by having experiences with God. Notice I said with God. Now, Hold on a little bit to this one, okay? Too often, I see people give much more attention to experiences uh, with other people, with their job, with school, with even church activities as their pathway to God, right? Or having God experiences. But they do it at the expense of their own one-on-one with God. Now, hey, I'm a huge fan of groups and being involved with other believers. Well, you know, in here we have care ministries training. We have young adults, 1829 ministry. We have essentials. We have all kinds of things. You can, you can go on mission trips. Those are absolutely great experiences to have, and they will develop your faith. But be involved in those things because of the relationship with God, the desire to cultivate the relationship with God and not to try to prove that you have it or to get God's approval. Because if we are then our motivation is off and in my experience what I find is people get dry. You know? Whereas if it's the other way around, it's an it's flowing out of my relationship that I already have with God, not to try to prove one. Don't forget, God started, he initiated a relationship with every single person in here one-on-one. He pursues you. He woos you. He loves you. He gave his one and only son, Jesus, so that whosoever believes would have what? Everlasting life, John 3, 16. You and I are the whoever's. Keep this in mind especially in today's uh, culture, the value of something is determined by the price that someone pays for it. The value of something is determined by the price that someone will pay for it. God paid for you and for me with his only son. That's immeasurable. And that means that you have high value. And then my favorite counseling question, how does that feel? Some of you are saying, doesn't feel true to me. I hear the words, but it, the experience isn't there. Well, look what Paul says at Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. He says that we would have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. But that's not the end of it. Look at 19, may you, put your name in there, John, Mary, Susie, may you, may Jean experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now today, right now, in this moment, if you're not sure that you've had that kind of experience with God, then I encourage you, after the service, there are going to be people outside both doors you can talk to about it. You can set up a time to explore that. If you're on the online campus, uh, you can say that you'd like to talk with someone in the chat area and a pastor We'll connect with you in a private chat. Well, how do we know that Sarah had these experiences with God? We don't don't know much about her experiences with God. But Scripture does give us the outcome of these unknown experiences. Go back to where we started, Hebrews 11, 11. She believed that God would keep his promise. She believed that's the outcome, she believed. And she believed before Isaac was born, not after. She had been barren her whole life. Scripture wanted you to know that, so they mention it six times that she's barren. And yet, here she is, having a son. I love when, when people will tell me things Uh, in counseling or just in passing and they'll say something uh, and they'll always end with the issue. And I said, take what you just said and flip it, but end it with, but God. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, tell me what's going on. Oh, my kids are doing this and they're blah, 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 blah. My husband, my wife, my job, blah, 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 blah. Okay, but God, let's find out. Let's end with God. Let's not end with the problem. Because when I start with a conversation, I say, well, God is, God loves you and he's all these things and he wants to help you. Yeah, but my situation, my circumstances, all my, and then they end it that way and all I do is flip it. I'm not trying to get you not to talk about your problems, I'm just trying to put, help you put it in the context of God so that God can be the one that helps you develop your faith. And this leads us to our last point this morning. My faith development is a consequence of trusting God's promises. My faith development is a consequence of trusting God's promises. Sarah was challenged with believing God's promises, but her experiences with God caused her faith to grow. And as her faith grew, she began to trust. And she also reaped. Remember we talked about sowing and reaping. She began to reap the blessings of that faith development. These two areas, faith development and trusting God, they kind of go hand in hand. Look at how things turned out. God gives Sarah the power to give birth and the power to be a mother at 99. Now, who knows that you need power to give birth and be a mother? Give me an amen for those who know it takes power. And it's a supernatural power in this case. Now, what's interesting is is in Genesis 21, 6 and 7, Sarah laughs, but not scoffingly this time. She laughs, it says, with joy. In fact, Isaac is born, and his name means he laughs. And I find it interesting that, you know, Abraham laughed too. He kind of scoffed when God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. But it's interesting how God uses the laughing that was a scoffing kind of thing or a doubting kind of thing, and he turned it into a joyful thing. And joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit, by the way. So it's interesting that we, God uses that and that changes it. See, faith has power. The enemy doesn't want you to have it, and the world doesn't understand it. But that's where life comes from. And I think we all have the ability, we have the opportunity to develop it. And why is that? Because God delivers on his promise. No one is as faithful as God. And look at the mighty harvest that comes from Sarah as he made that promise to her way back in Genesis 17. So my question for us today is what is God calling you to trust him with? Finances, health, kids, relationships, eternity? Whatever it is, he will develop your faith. And as we close, remember this, faith always produces what I call a therefore. Because you are faithful, a result will occur. The question is, what are you developing your faith in? Are you developing your faith in God or are you developing it in you? Are you developing it in God or are you developing it in others? Are you developing in you or are you developing it in your career? I would propose that we begin to cultivate that relationship with God so that we can develop it with Him. If you want to connect with us to kind of explore this faith development, we, we want to come alongside you. We love to do that. So if you're in the online campus, again, you click on the care and support link that's about to pop up, and so, or simply say in the chat area, again, that you'd like to talk with someone, and a pastor will uh, connect with you, and if you're here on site, We have pastors and care volunteers outside who would love to talk with you as you leave. And as we close in prayer, I also want to give a big thank you uh, to those of you who have continued to give through these challenging times. It makes a big difference in God's work here locally and for our partners across the world. And uh, there will be offering baskets in the hallway as you leave and also online. You can click the give link. And again, I thank you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for Sarah. Thank you for uh, initiating with her. God, thank you that you didn't allow her unbelief to deter you, that you gave her experiences with you, and that we get to see the results of it. God, I pray for each of us here today and online. God, I pray that you would initiate with us that you would make yourself real to us, help us to become more aware of you. And in doing that, God, give us those experiences with you so that we too, like Sarah, can develop our faith. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son for us. And it's in his name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Have a blessed day. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience transformed life. One of the ways that you can do that is by getting connected here at Brookwood. Email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org or call us at 864 8326 so that you can get in contact with our Connections team. You can also find our message archives on our website or on our Brookwood app. We are so thankful that you listened today and pray you have a great week.